0: Good morning, people of God. Alright, I'm on, on the other side. There we go. Uh, what a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Amen. Oh, I don't know about you, but that might have been the last morning that I scraped ice off my windshield. I don't know. I, I, it feels like it, doesn't it? I can hear it in the birds and, uh, it's just, it feels good. Uh, well, so glad you're all here joining us for worship this morning. Glad you're joining us online as well. Uh, For those at home, we will be having Holy Communion today, so be sure to grab some bread or some uh, grape juice or wine. Hopefully you received your communion cups on your way in, not your heads. Amen. Awesome. Number of announcements this morning I would like to uh, lift up before we start worship here. There is a Justice Summit that our Synod is putting on this Saturday. I believe it's in uh, Rochester Hills. Um, but a lot of our members have been a part of it. Oh, sorry, Farmington Hills. Far, that's what I meant to say, Farmington Hills. Um, a lot of our members are a part of it. In fact, one of our members is, a, is on the panel for a, a discussion. Uh, it really it, it tackles a lot of uh, the conversations just about justice in our nation. So if you're interested more about that, there's information that's sent out on the email. Uh, we are having an in-person First Communion class on March 25th. For any second graders or older who are interested, if you have any questions, come talk to me or to Pastor Kelsey. Uh, get signed up. I've I've seen the sign up so far. We've got 15 kids, and I want to say like 14 of them are boys. Yeah. One of them is mine, and if that's any indication of the other 13, pray for me. <laughs> Pastor Kelsey's going to be at the Justice Summit meeting, and I'm going to be, yeah. You're going to be all on your lonesome. Yep. So don't don't judge me if there's duct tape marks because I had to, you know, keep some of the kids in their seats. That's all I'm saying. You need to volunteer, Chris, to come over and help you out with that. I'm looking for the six largest men in our church. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll just stand like this, and that'll that'll work, right? Uh, ladies, there's a Bunko event this Friday night. I believe it starts at 6.30. It's just, it's always fun to play Bunko, to socialize, get to know some people. There's a sign-up sheet on our Welcome Center. I can't believe I'm about to make these two announcements, but uh, the annual Easter egg hunt is just around the corner. Holy cow. Uh, there's a table by the pillar. Um, we are looking for people to sign up to help lead a game or a craft or to help set up or donate some food. There are also some plastic Easter eggs that need to be filled and uh, brought back with some treats in them. So if you are willing and able to take some plastic eggs with you on your way out of worship today, just bring those back in the next couple of weeks so we can, you know, have a wonderful Easter egg hunt. Also want to lift up that uh, we have uh, Easter flower order forms on our welcome desk in the entryway. Uh, I believe orders and payments are due by March 26th, which is next Sunday. So that just helps kind of decorate and beautify our, our front altar area, and then you get to take them home with you after worship. So, uh, just like Christmas. Any other announcements this morning? Woo, all right, let's get after it. I invite you to stand as you are able and greet the neighbors you have around you. Give a shout-out if you're joining us online. Let us pray. Bend your ear to our prayers, Lord Christ, and come. Make your presence known among us here. By your gracious life and death for us, bring light into the darkness of our hearts and anoint us with your Spirit. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, Amen. All right, to stretch a little bit, by show of hands out there, how many of you desire a deeper, more meaning-filled life? No brainer, right? Of course we do. You and I have been on a journey to do just that—a journey throughout the season of Lent, a journey through the very core of the Bible with the book of Psalms. For the past month now, we've been reading, listening, learning, hopefully applying these words, these words of wisdom, as we are uncovering the Psalms so that we can have a deeper, more meaning-filled life. We started with Psalm 51 on Ash Wednesday, a beautiful prayer written by King David who needed a fresh start with God and asked for that fresh start in that Psalm. And I'm thinking, what better way for us to start our journey as well by asking for God uh, to give us a clean heart to to kind of wipe the slate clean to start fresh amen we need that from time to time yes 3 Sundays ago we read from Psalm 32 where David shared with us the joy of forgiveness to get the burdens of our failures and mistakes and hurts off of our backs to be completely honest with God and with others and to embrace the new life that's given to us through forgiveness, through God's mercy and love. You want a clean heart and a lighter load? Experience the joy of asking for and receiving God's forgiveness. Amen? All right. That was our second step. Two Sundays ago, we uh, read from Psalm 121, where we lift our eyes to the hills, and remember what those were? Those were our fears, right? We see those things that, that kind of hold us back. And who should we turn to? The Lord. Remember verse 2, I told you over and over and over and over and over again, right? We turn to the Lord. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Say that with me. My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. When life gets tough, repeat those words. Memorize them. Make them kind of at the core of your heart. So often we get that other voice in our head that says, Oh no, you're fine. You should be able to make it, make through, this, make it through this on your own. Don't dare tell anyone else. You might seem weak. No. God invites us to come to one another and to come to the Lord, the one who is our help. Amen? Amen. Last Sunday, we took yet another step on our journey to a more meaningful life, as we read from Psalm 95. Psalm 95 was all about giving praise to our God praise God with our whole selves, not being afraid or ashamed of who and whose we are. Earlier this week, I went to Kroger's to get some groceries, and uh, the checkout person asked how I was, which some days that's a mistake. (laughs) And I turned and I said, you know what, I am feeling blessed today. And that led to this awesome conversation where all of a sudden she was sharing something that she was grateful for and the employee who was begging the groceries started saying how awesome my beard looked, which that's the first time anyone has ever said that to me. And I was like, you are so much more awesome than my beard. (laughs) And it spiraled into this strange, amazing moment where we and i say we because at that point two other beggars also came to join our conversation i feel really bad for anyone else getting groceries at that time because nobody was helping anyone else they were all around our conversation because here we were lifting one another up even finding excuses to say something nice to each other right that is giving praise If God is in every single one of us, that is lifting up the God in us. That is lifting the divine. That's giving praise to God. And what if we start doing that more often? Amen? What if we do that with our spouses? With our kids? with our parents, with our friends, our neighbors. Even if we have to make it up just to find some reason, some comment to lift one another up. Just imagine the effect that that has on each other. I've been meeting with a couple uh, um, for premarital counseling and that's one of our goals As premarital classes, every day, it's called daily dialogue. Every morning, every evening, make your first and your last words, words of praise to your partner. Make them know every moment that you can just how much they mean to you. Let's start doing that to each other, amen? What an awesome opportunity to just be loved and to love. So that's an amazing step, right? Look for the good in each other. Give praise to God for each other. That's all part of worship, outside of these walls especially. So I see all that in Psalm 95. It's a doozy. It's a good one. All right. Uh, Time for our next step in our journey this Lent. Uh, This morning we're going to read one of the most beloved Psalms, probably one of the most beloved readings in all the Bible, and that is from Psalm 23, which I have to tell you, This might be the first time I've preached on this outside of a funeral. So (laughs) uh, it was interesting looking at this in a new way today. But you know what? Let's read this together, okay? I think it's just words that are meant to be read together. So I invite you to follow along on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows." Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. So Psalm 23 is probably one of the most amazing set of verses in all the Bible outside of the resurrection of Jesus. Psalm 23 is essential. Just like the putter is an essential, uh, club for golfers, the chef's knife is an essential tool for cooks, Psalm 23 is an essential text for daily living. Yes, you can, you know, deal, you can, you can play without a putter. Probably improve my game. (laughs) You can, you know, obviously cook without a knife. You can live without Psalm 23, but, but why would you want to? It's just such a gift. For each and every one of us, it would be like missing out and not even knowing it, right? So we're going to talk more about Psalm 23 today because it might be the greatest thing you don't know you're missing out on. Psalm 23, I truly believe, are words that are meant to be a prayer, not only for the first one who wrote it, but also for each and every one of us, which is why I invited you to read it with me, because every time we read it, it's as if we are praying it ourselves. Psalm 23 is described as a psalm of trust. Trust psalms presume a particular uh, life setting and and regularly includes two types of language. Okay, So the first type of language involves lament or crying out for help. It's using words that are spoken in the midst of a dire crisis. It's acknowledging out loud whatever it is that we're up against. A a frustration, a, a hurtful or harmful situation, a brokenness, a threat or a danger. Whatever the crisis is, it's naming that moment that we are stuck in. Other trust psalms use language like this to describe the crisis. They use words like, it's an army encamped against me, or the foundations are destroyed, or the waters have come up to my neck, like in Psalm 69. There's a couple of spots in Psalm 23 that crisis language is used, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Or if you're one of those old school ones where you remember the other version even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. Right? And then later there's a couple of verses uh, where it's, uh, you're sitting at a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's crisis language. There's crisis going on here. Dark valleys, sitting with an enemy, whatever or whoever that might be. The crisis is present. It's very real. It's in the midst. And what I love about these trust psalms is that they're just vague enough to where this psalm can apply to anything going on in our lives. It's universal. Which begs the question, have you been walking in what might seem like a dark valley lately? Has it felt like you're sitting at the table with some people or situations that are fighting against you, that's some, uh, that are dragging you down, that are keeping you from life. Have you felt like a lost sheep or feeling alone or, or isolated? I mean, you don't have to shout them out this morning. I'm going to give you introverts a, a reprieve for a Sunday, right? But just take a moment and just sit in that silence and name the crisis that maybe has been most recent for you. And whatever it is you just named in your heart, you just started your own Psalm 23. (laughs) Right, That's part of a trust psalm, naming and acknowledging those moments of crisis in our lives, whether we are through it or whether we are experiencing it here right now while you're sitting and listening to this. So that's the first language we find in trust psalms. The other type of language we encounter is uh, of God's presence and deliverance. So words like this that are found in other Psalms might be like, God is my light and salvation. Or uh, in, in Psalm 46, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is my refuge. So in Psalm 23 today, it is bathed in this language of God's presence and deliverance. The Lord is my shepherd. Right off the bat, it starts with that promise that the one who cares for me, the one who watches over me is with me. He leads me beside beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for His name's sake. You lead me or you prepare a table before me. My cup overflows. You see, it's bathed in these words of promise and hope. That's the thing about trust. Trust comes from the belief that when someone offers a promise, they're going to be good for it. And the only possible response to a promise is either to believe it or to not believe it, to trust it or to not trust it. And so it's worth us taking some time this morning to ask ourselves, do I believe God is trustworthy? That God follows through on God's promises. And what you might think is just a, well, yeah, duh, of course I do. Do we live like it? So let's get personal. Do you believe that God makes good on God's promises? How many of you have gone through some pretty darn uh, darn difficult times in your past? Of course we have, right? And that's not to say that others haven't had it worse, but times that have been hard for you personally. We all have. And that's not to say that you're not experiencing a really hard time right now. But in all those times in your past, did you make it through? Nod your heads. Maybe some of us have scars to show. But did we make it to the other side of that particular situation, of that fear, of that struggle, of that crisis? Yes, we did. Not always unscathed. Maybe the other side of that crisis involves the death of something or someone. But even then, there is a promise of resurrection from our God so that even the worst of what we can imagine is still taken care of. That there is still a promise to be fulfilled. That there is still new life that happens even after the worst of things. So if we can dare to believe that God is trustworthy, and that God fulfills the promises that God makes to us, then this Psalm, this prayer, can be our prayer as well. And maybe we just change the words around so it's a little more personal. We can name those crises in that prayer. But at the same time, it's important that we remind ourselves that, you know what, God has always gotten me through before, why would this be any different? Because we forget that, don't we? Every new crisis, I don't know about you, but it definitely seeps into my mind, was like, oh, there's no way I'm getting help this time. And yet, God still shows up. When we find ourselves in dark valleys or with enemies that are all around us, That even when the absolute worst happens, the Lord doesn't just sit back and hope we make it through. Instead, we can trust that the Lord is our shepherd. The one who walks with us, leading us to calmer waters, preparing nourishment for our souls, making sure that goodness and mercy are always just around the corner. And so, dear ones, may this psalm be your prayer this week, my prayer this week. May we remind ourselves and be reminded over and over again that God is with us, that our God is for us, that despite the situations in our lives, God will see us through to the other side every time to bring us new life, new opportunities so that we can once again learn to trust that our God is an awesome God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So if you find yourself... At a table among your enemies today, or walking through dark valleys, may you hold to this promise, that the Lord is your shepherd. And because of that, we don't need anything else. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for for promises like these that are given to us that have stood the test of time, promises that always come at our timing, but it does come, and you rarely disappoint. Help us to see. Your presence in our midst at all times. Help us to also share that with others as they experience difficult times so that we too can be the reminder for them that God walks with them as well. We ask all this in your holy and precious name, and all of God's people say, Amen. Thank you, Lord. I think that can just be our sermon for the next service. I think it really <laughs> covers it all. Yeah. Called together to follow Jesus, we now pray for the church, for the world, and for all who are in need. At the end of each prayer, I will say, God of grace, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Eternal God, you seal us by the Holy Spirit and mark us with the the cross of Christ forever in our baptisms. Inspire us by your love as together we strive for justice and peace in all the earth. God of grace, hear our prayer. Creating God, by your word you have made all things, and you hate nothing you have made. Teach us to perceive the beauty of the the breadth of your creation, from the grandest mountain range to the smallest springtime bud. God of grace, hear our prayer. Powerful God, you anoint kings and establish rulers. Guide the work of heads of state and elected officials. Encourage them to lead with justice and to remove barriers that impede the well-being of all. God of grace, hear our prayer. Shepherding God, you lead us beside still waters and restore our souls. Keep watch over those who weep. Tend to all who are sick and comfort those who grieve especially those we name now, either silently or out loud. Gabby. God of grace, hear our prayer. God, our host, you fill us at your table with more than we could ever ask. Feed us with hunger for justice. Equip the feeding ministries of this congregation and community. Nourish us as we can nourish our neighbors. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. As we now pray the prayer He taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us for evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week, to confess those times when we have failed to live as God invites us to live, and to hear His words of promise today. So I invite you to, uh, well, use the words that we find on the screen. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We n- conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As I called an ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people say, Amen. At this time I invite you to take out your communion or if you're at home to grab some bread and some wine or grape juice as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin." Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you this day and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Uh, thank you for all the ways that you continue to uh, faithfully support and, and provide for King of Kings. The offering buckets are on your way out this morning. There will be a QR code at the end of worship. Just know that every little bit adds up to, to us being present in our community. Finally, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back, may the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. Amen. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.